I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Good morning, afternoon, evening, Steeler Nation, wherever you may be. You are now suffering the hangover along with us. After the Steelers beat the Miami Dolphins 27-14 last night, or whenever you're listening to this, let's say Monday Night Football, the hangover's a whole lot better. But Tony DeFeo, that didn't really start that way, did it? You thought we were going to be face down in a ditch all day long, didn't you? Oh yeah, I mean they they uh, they they were face down in just the first uh, quarter quarter and a half, but then they finally woke up. It wasn't pretty, but, but it's probably not going to be pretty for them the rest of the year. But they got the job done. But you know what? Um, yeah, I've I've had things start off really bad. I've had dates start off bad. I've had uh, jobs start off bad. I've had everything start off bad. But it's how you finish, how things work out, and that's exactly. Um, what happened, they got it together, and that is the good thing. So if you're new to The Hangover, if you're new to BTSC, um, welcome to our uh, our Steeler family. And The Hangover is a little bit different of a show. It is not just the, uh, the post-game wrap-up. What it is, it's a chance to have 24 hours or so to go ahead and sort through the uh, the joy, the celebration, or the disaster and mess that was the day before, with the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, playing, and sometimes it's a uh, it's a ring of celebration like it is today, since the Steelers didn't win, or it's a uh, it's some group therapy, and that's what we all have with you in our Steeler family. How do you become a part of our Steeler family? Well, you have a chance to comment on the show, and uh, anything you want to go ahead and comment on. Uh, we do have that super. Super uh, chat feature that if you want to go ahead and put in five dollars 
$1.20, whatever, to get your question to the top of the queue. That uh, helps fund some BTSC uh, prize, uh, prize opportunities or different things that we have going. But the most important way to go ahead and support this show is to subscribe to Behind the Steel Curtain on the YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel and that gets it going. So what we're we're getting close, very close to that 5000 subscriber range and that's our very first goal and we're hoping to get there and we want to get there with you. So once again, if you haven't subscribed already, please do so. You get live updates so people that go ahead and subscribe as soon as we go ahead and press click start the show, you guys know that we're going live. And so that's a good thing. We get ready to go live, and you're joining us. So fantastic. Now, the Steeler Hangover is brought to you by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, where you get all of your Pittsburgh Steelers' needs fulfilled, whether it is a podcast like this. We've got five, six podcasts all week long with a variety of hosts, whether it's uh, Tony and myself, whether it's Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, Lance Williams. We're all together in different different forms to go ahead and give you as much content as possible but there's so much content on the website the uh, blog site uh, tony and i um started off around the same time um we've been here for uh, more than five years now and we go ahead and do a lot of commentary or do a lot of uh, fun stuff people will give you straight news and if it's breaking news it's on there so whatever you need there you go. And uh, we do, once again, we do have the uh, the chat section. If you do want to go ahead and ask a question, we'll go ahead and reserve those questions for the end of the show. And uh, we do check this out. So that's fantastic. I did just see something. Um, everybody knows, and I, I spouted from the rooftops, that I am a Richland Ram from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And uh, I, I just had someone say, go Richland Rams. Uh, very good team right now, too. So uh, I really appreciate it. But with that, with that being said, we're talking about celebrating. And Tony, you just mentioned that you didn't think we were going to be celebrating. But how much are we celebrating? The question is, after last night's game, looking forward, does it seem more like a win or does it feel more like a loss, Tony? Oh, it feels like a win. I mean, I think with this team, with as compromised as it's been with injuries and defections, and anytime you can get a win over anybody, it, it's great because it, you you can see that they're they're becoming a different team. They're becoming a defensive team. You know, the defense is just each week it's getting better and better. You know, and, and they have uh, you know a, a young quarterback starting who started his fourth game last night, three weeks after he suffered a scary concussion. So, you know the learning curve is going to be pretty big for him too. And, and you have uh, young receivers who are, who are still trying to find their way. So uh, anytime they can get a win at this stage, it's, it's a great thing. So and it builds character. And, and, and I was happy with how they bounced back after that rough start last night. Well, the reason we titled the show that tonight is because you could look at it two ways. And Tony and I are uh, pretty much optimists. Um, Every once in a while, we'll we'll uh, go to the side of some pessimism, but a lot of people are like, "Yeah, okay, they won that game, but they were supposed to beat the Dolphins, and they should have blown the doors off the Dolphins." But here's my take on why they didn't blow the doors off the, do the Dolphins and um, where they are going forward. So, first of all, you go ahead and you go up against an zero and six team, and that zero and six team just got rid of their starting running back. And they are looking across the across the field 
to their starting safety on the other side, who's now wearing black and gold for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they're starting a safety at the end, at the beginning of the year. So, um, so Minka Fitzpatrick is now with the Steelers. Um, they just got rid of Kenny and Drake that day. Everybody's talking about tanking for Tua or tanking. But the players, if you're asking the players, they're like, wait a second, I'm not tanking for anybody. If you're Ryan Fitzpatrick with your 7,000 kids and your hobo <laughs> beard, do you think that you're going to go ahead and say, hey, I'm going to lose some games on purpose so that my team could go ahead and draft a replacement for me? I mean, anybody. I mean, they could draft anybody. Uh, Chase Young could be the uh, top defensive lineman in the draft. Um, def- Edge rusher, actually, out of Ohio State. Do you think any of those guys on the defense want to bring in their replacement? No. So these guys have heart. Everybody's, you know, um, writing them off as losers. They're saying all that, and these guys are like, "Hey, we're going to show you what we can do." I mean, you have a uh, you have a running back. Um, I believe he's Walton, Mark Walton. Uh, gosh, there's so many. I mean. Hmm. They're they're picking guys off the street and and having them start games, but he gets an opportunity to shine, and that's a huge opportunity to shine. Um, Preston Williams, the big six five receiver, all those guys. Um, Alan Hearns, who has been on fifty different teams in the last five years, hmm. he wants a chance to shine. All these guys want a chance to shine, and if they go in and win the day that they went and got rid of their starting running back, that's a big feather in their camp. Their 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 caps. This is a team that they ha- they still have pride. They're still getting right. paid. They're uh, they have heart, and they came in and they came in seriously. Now, on the other side of the ball, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Did they come in expecting to win this game? And I, you know what, I I don't think this was the past Steelers, Tony. That was going to go ahead. Everybody talks about playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers five years ago, and uh, just looking past them and looking past anybody. I don't think they played down to their competition. I think they had a situation at quarterback where you have a guy you mentioned. He was rusty. 22 games off. Mason Rudolph comes in, throws an interception right away, and he wasn't looking good at all. Next thing you know, they're down 14-0. Nothing nothing was going right. But what was happening, you had other guys on that team going and picking them up the first one on offense i mean i think i'm about ready to go ahead and anoint this man on offense as the mvp for the offense this early in the season and tony i'll let you take over is it james connor it's got 45 yards yeah that's gotta be james connor yeah i mean we we mentioned it so many times when you let the offense flow through him, it's so much better, and 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 you got to let him be the workhorse. Hopefully, hopefully his injury situation, you know, isn't so bad. But you know, uh, moving forward, he has to be the guy. He has to be the guy. And that's something we'll get to uh, the injury situation. But if you look at his stats, 145 yards, but 150 total yards, that is kind of a big deal to me. I mean, it's now last the last time they played against the Chargers, he was more balanced. He had a lot of yards receiving. Uh, he had his 40 some yards rushing, but he played more of a balanced brand of football. But 
the fact that he only had five yards receiving when that's all he seemed to have been doing all year long, going into this game, he had 235 yards rushing and 231 yards receiving. And that's kind of, that's kind of odd. Um, but he wasn't getting the help from the offensive line. He got Rosie Nix back. The offensive line was going ahead and, and making some phenomenal holes for him, but he was battling. Every time he was hit, he was battling for more yards. That guy was playing like a champion, and right. it was fantastic. Um, so the thing about him, the reason I'm excited about the five yards receiving, it seems like all he's been doing. Now right. he proved he could do it with his legs. And getting Rosie back probably helps a whole lot. And to celebrate that, I'm wearing my 45 <laughs> today. Um, Great jersey. Yeah, thank you. I, I, uh, you know, I didn't wear it during the game, and I was supposed to. I, I uh, got worried because I ended up not wearing Steelers at all during the game, and uh, just to see what would happen. And mm -hmm. I almost ran downstairs to get this. But um, so if we go back to it, you look at it. So he helped carry this team. The line helped carry the team. The receivers did everything they could to get open. The defense. You talked about the defense. Tony, it's now a top 10 defense. Yeah. Um, they're very close to being a top 10 defense as far as points allowed. They are almost under 20 points allowed per game. And that's very close to the top 10 as well. Um, so this team is kind of coming together. The one big problem is at quarterback. But this is not me saying that they have a problem at quarterback. This is me just simply saying that you had somebody rusty and maybe – looked a little bit running scared in that first half. But what is the one thing that I've been complaining about all year long, Tony, about this offense? Not creative enough. It's not, um, it's, it's, it's not what, airing the ball out, right? He's not, they're not letting him air the ball out. And he did that last night. Yeah. There was no innovation whatsoever. So guess what? Great game plan. They very, even, at the beginning of the game, when I was doing knee-jerk reactions, I'm like, look, I always complain about this. I like the game plan. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Mason looks rusty. Mason looks scared. But he got it together. And here's the thing about him. He's going downfield more. When you have a guy like Connor getting into that, uh, that second level of the defense and going through and breaking through those holes, what's he doing? He's now opening it up more so they can go ahead and have a vertical passing game that vertical passing game in turn opens it up so you're not jamming eight men in the box and when they finally jam eight men in the box on a third and 20 what did mason rudolph do make them pay and that's exactly what he did and that is the turning point for that entire ball game right. booger mcfarland said it last night I was thinking as soon as it happened, when it was now 14 to 10, and they did that right before the half, first of all, great awareness by Mason Rudolph to find him right away. He doesn't get that spooked as far as uh, his vision and finding receivers. He doesn't have, I used to call it Cordell Stewart disease, when you would just look downfield, you know you're, you're throwing to wide receiver A, and uh, you don't even look at B, C, and D because you have no peripheral vision. This guy has very good peripheral vision. And what he did, he found him streaking across the middle of the field. And then he had some room to run. But then three guys converged on Deontay Johnson. And what did Deontay Johnson? He zigged, he zagged, and he fought. He broke tackles to get in that end zone. And when that happened, you're like, all right, 
it's it's over. I mean, at that point, it was 14 to 10, but in my head, I'm like, it's over. They're back. And I, I really felt it. So that was the turning point for the game. That's where Mason Rudolph got his confidence back. And coming out with that next drive that was like 47 minutes, the next drive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, after the, after actually, the it wasn't. It wasn't. They did struggle with the first drive after that, after the half. Then after that, the very next drive is where they really got it together. So I'm sorry, I did cut you off there. Oh no, yeah, it was it was a a, a great drive after after the uh, the Minka's second pick. I mean, it went seven minutes forty seven seconds, ninety seven yards, and and you know he he uh, trusted Juju to make the play on the on the touchdown. He he threw him a fifty fifty ball and and. He did what Juju has been doing for three years, and he went up and he and he beat the defender for the ball. It was it was it was a, it was a great character building drive for uh, for Mason and the offense, I think. So uh, here's another thing, and here's something you want them to do, but it doesn't kill you that he did not have to rely on the tight ends last night. You want to have some action from your your tight ends, but what you don't want is to have to be just throwing all that short stuff to with your throw to the tight end be the longest throw that you throw all day. And that seemed to be what it, where it was going in that direction. So there's been a great progression um, just from that first uh, half to the second half. Now that he's able to throw it downfield a lot more. Now, they're not all beautiful. They're not, they're not the prettiest of passes, but he's getting it together and he's, he's putting it together. And that's what you want going forward. Juju got a chance, five catches for Juju, five catches for Deontay Johnson. Um, Juju over 100 yards. Deontay now 84 yards on the day. So they have come in as weapons. James Washington did not look that good. Um, he had one catch for 21 yards, um, but he really uh, helped contribute to that interception. Um, and he did drop another pass on a fourth down. So he did not look amazing, but he still has the sauce to go ahead and get this whole thing together as well, too. So that's why I'm a little more excited and not feeling it was a loss. Um, I'm feeling it as a win as well. But a lot of people are still saying that this team's not going to go far with this man at quarterback. And I keep on saying he just started his fourth game in the NFL. You have to give him a chance to keep evolving every week. You have to. it's, it's It's a whole new world that they weren't expecting to find themselves in. You know, at halftime of week two, they weren't expecting this. Nobody was. He wasn't expected to be thrust this, you know, uh, into the into the starting lineup so soon. So he's going to have to he's going to have to uh, be given a chance week in and week out to to get better as a quarterback. You can't just say yank him out after after one half or one game like people were saying last night. You just can't do that with this guy because because he, he's he, nobody was expecting this. Um, I am looking on here, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, give a Reginald. Re- Rivers credit for this. Washington made a good block in the end zone. Yeah, he indeed did. And that's something that I put on knee-jerk reactions right away. I, I did see that. So he is contributing and you know, he is not a problem. Um, he is going to need to progress, though, going forward, because those are your big three as far as your wide receivers go. Um, and I think going forward, they could be very good. That could be a tremendous trio. Right, and they're right now that, and they're, they're they're your only three because you're getting nothing from Moncrief or Switzer or, or Holt. And I don't even think Holt was in the game last night. So, yeah, you, you need you need Washington to step it up and step it up fast. But he did he did make a great block. That was a great block on, on that play. He's he's he he sprung those last five yards for sure. 
So uh, we've talked about the offense, Tony, and let's uh, put a little bow on the offense with this question. Who is your valedictorian for the offense for that game? Well, the easy answer would be James Conner because he, I think he, he was the, 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 um, the best player, but I have to give it to Juju. I mean, it's been a, it's been a tough year for him. It has to be a tough year for, for him. You know, uh, his, you know, he, you know, like most uh, professional athletes, I'm sure he has a big ego and he wanted to prove to people that he could be the number one guy without AB. And as I just alluded to earlier, the, 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 the other receivers haven't really stepped up to help him, you know, so it's been a fight and he's had to deal with three different quarterbacks, two babies as quarterbacks. And, you know, it, it's, it's, I'm sure when, when all is said and done, his stats aren't going to be what he wanted them to be or what people thought they would be. So for him to come through last night with that, with five catches for 103 yards and that, that great touchdown, I think, you know, he, he's my valedictorian for the game for, for last but, night. But you know what? He does. He does come pretty cl- He's right now close to 500 yards. Yeah. Uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, it might be he had like 385 going in. So he might be mm-hmm. like four. Four uh, ninety nine or four, uh, actually four eighty nine. It looks like something like that. Um, right. So he's, but I don't think he's worried about stats um, to get paid because I really think that the Steelers know what's going on with him right now, mm-hmm. and they don't deny anything. They just know that they have a team player there. This is a guy right. that just played in his uh, in his hometown two weeks ago of Los Angeles mm-hmm. and I caught, caught one ball, and they won, and he was ecstatic. If that right. was uh, if that was Antonio Brown, oh, yeah. the win wouldn't have mattered. And so right. that's the kind of character you have in a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. So I do like that pick. I am going with James Conner, and uh, now's probably a good time as ever to talk about James Conner. And uh, what the big question right now is what is going on with that shoulder. And I know they're saying further evaluation, but Tony, if you could elaborate a little bit, let's see what we're doing. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With with James Conner's injury. Oh, yeah, he has a a sprained AC joint. He he had an MRI today, but, but, you know, obviously nobody... um, Nobody knows the specifics of the injury just yet, or the results, I should say. So, so uh, you know, we'll have to wait. But, but the fact that I think the fact that Tomlin didn't seem that alarmed in in the press conference, I think that was a good sign. And the fact that Jalen Samuels is is back is another great sign because uh, you know they might be down to uh, Trey Edmonds if not for that. So uh, I was glad to hear that at the press conference today. What were you thinking today? Well, I'm going to get back to James Conner, but what were you thinking? When uh, after hearing about this AC joint sprain and uh, hearing that Benny Snell had a knee injury, well, then all of a sudden you see the Jets coming out and saying, "Hey, uh, we might be listing offers for uh, Le'Veon Bell." I'm sorry, Mister Butt Naked and Robbed, um, because <laughs> I'm not a lot. I guess I'm not allowed to call those guys by name, but I don't mind saying it because I never really had a problem with him as a locker room presence on the team. But so my question is, when you heard that. Was there any part of you that thought they might bring this guy back? 
There was a small part because I, I didn't think they would ever trade their first round pick. I didn't think they would get rid of Antonio Brown. So there were there there was a small part that thought that that they would uh, uh, go, go through with it, but just a very small part. I mean, I think you know after everything that that happened between them two, between them and and, and him publicly, you know, and him coming out against Ben in that interview he did back in the, in the winter, you know, that would have uh, I think it, it would have been a, a hard thing for them to do. But there was a very small part. That, that that thought it could happen yes yeah you know i i didn't think there was a part that was going to happen at all i was intrigued because as you and i were talking beforehand if, if something like that happens hey we're busy <laughs> we've got he would have set the internet on fire for sure yeah, exactly but uh that that did not happen but i uh i don't have the uh anger against uh um, the former number 26, Slavion Bell, and I will say his name, that I do for uh, one uh, Mr. Third and Fifth, um, the former number 84 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would never welcome welcome him back. Um, we really didn't. Uh, somebody asked me, Mitchell Green just asked, uh, do we need to pick up a back at the deadline? Well, with the, the, bat, the deadline being over, um, it doesn't look like they're going to need to pick up a back with the fact that you have, like Tony mentioned before, you have uh, James Samuels, Jalen Samuels back. And if he is healthy, we have we saw what he did against the New England Patriots last year. We have seen what he can do. And if that line gets together, that's a very good situation. And he brings you, uh, I mean, he as a, a pass catcher, he's even better than James Conner as a pass catcher. And James Conner has been absolutely fantastic. Um. So you do with him coming back, you're in pretty good shape. Then Trey Edmonds will be your backup. So I don't expect. Uh, I mean, maybe they bring somebody in for the practice squad, but but that's it. Um, well, somebody well, asked if you could tr- sign free agents. You can always sign free agents. They signed uh, Ben Tate right before the playoffs when when Bella got hurt a number of years ago. So they yeah. can always pick up somebody off the you know, off the, uh, the scrap heap if they, if they really needed a body, but that's not the ideal situation, of course. And somebody here just asked if, uh, if we could trade Lance. Um, first of all, I, uh, I, I do not see Lance as a traded co- uh, co- commodity to trade. In fact, I, I put him as a BTSC, uh, untouchable, but, um, the trading deadline is passed, so we cannot trade Lance. But uh, well, I mean, if we would have got a high, if we could get a number one back, I guess we would have to trade Lance mm-hmm. at that point. But uh, I, I'm thinking uh, BTSC is going to go ahead and and not go ahead and make that deal. Um, <laughs> someone just put in Lance is greater than Trent Williams, who Trent Williams actually uh, reported to the Washington Redskins right after the trading deadline. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so Lance is a BTSC untouchable. Me, I think I've been dangled. I think I've been dangled to a, a few blog sites over the last eight months. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll just see what what can happen. There's 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 a lot of people out there saying, you know, look, um, you know, a guy's like uh, JJI's out there, and if he's worth if he's worth anything, then he'd be on a roster. And you know, I I understand that, but uh, he's not exactly healthy either. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see somebody looking at, at at guys like that when they are deemed healthy, and that's the kind of guy that you go ahead and bring in. Um, 
so there's there's always possibilities there. But with that being said, going back to the Steelers right now, if Jalen Samuels is back, and it, it indeed looks like he was because he did practice last week, and there was a possibility that he could have dressed last night. But if he's back, then you still have a pretty good situation. If you're going with your fourth option and Trey Edmonds, um, then you've got to kind of worry. And then everything gets packed on the shoulders of a guy like Mason Rudolph. And then they're going ahead and saying, okay, you have to beat us because we don't think that you have much of a running game. And right. it makes it a whole lot tougher. Um, just because of the level of talent. Now, I mean, I've seen I've seen Edmonds do some very good things in training camp, in exhibition games, but um, I feel so much more comfortable with Jalen Samuels out there. And Steve O'Neill, we will not be signing the bus. Um, <laughs> I don't even think uh, Jerome can fit in the bus right now. Mm. Um, so that that might be uh, the. That would be amazing, though. How, how would you like to see that? But um, Samuel's beat in there would be good. So, um, But the bottom line, your MVP for the offense right now is James Conner. So we wished him a speedy recovery. Um, with that AC joint, we don't know what is going to happen with it. But, Tony, if you could elaborate on one more thing. You mentioned to me uh, before we went on. Um, the fact that Ben had that injury, and I believe that was uh, he missed like three or four games back in 15 or I think it was 2015. No, it's actually 2012. He hurt, he hurt himself against the, the Chiefs in that overtime that's game. That's right. And then, that's right. Yeah, he missed. But, 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 you know, he's a quarterback, so that's different. So, you know, maybe with, you know, a guy like James Conner being a running back, maybe maybe it, it would be different for him. And he could he can sort of, uh, you know, manage the pain. You know, easier said than done, you know, easier for me to say as a 47-year-old uh, uh, recreational bowler. But, uh, you know, ho you know, hopefully it's not too bad. But, again, I'm, I'm, I think they'll be okay if Jalen Samuels has to start for a game or two because you saw what he did last year uh, when he had to fill in for Connor. He had the 142-yard game against the, the, the Patriots in that, in that big victory at the end of the year. So I'm very comfortable with him. I think he's, uh, he's a great talent. So uh, I, it wouldn't – it wouldn't kill their offense, as you mentioned. It wouldn't put everything on Mason's shoulders if if, if Connor has to miss this week. So, I'm very happy with uh, Samuels as as a, as a, a fill-in. Okay, I've been asked to give somebody some love on the offense, and before we go to the defense, we'll go ahead and do that. But Tony, for me, um, one of the brightest spots and one of the biggest surprises um, has been how quick. Deontay Johnson has come in and not even not only uh, learned this offense, seized the number two role because the number two role was supposed to be Dante Moncrief. Then it was supposed to be James Washington. And there were people right. saying that Deontay Johnson might not even get a hat on game day. He mm -hmm. might be in an mm -hmm. might be inactive. But so this guy has just been absolutely amazing. I love watching him play. Um, I don't think anybody runs routes better than than Deontay Johnson on that team, and I think he is going to be a very, very special receiver. Um, so that's something uh, I do want to go ahead and give give him some love. Um, we're also seeing some things uh, about uh, dropping Dante Moncrief. You know, I still think that's uh, something that's going to end up happening before Week Ten, and that is just because of uh, um, really you do that, you get a third round pick but they would have to 
have somebody brought in, um, whether it's off of the practice squad or off their couch right now to come on in. But with that being said, that's pretty much all we're going to go with the offense uh, after uh, last night's game in Miami. Let's talk about something that's just really exciting right now is that Pittsburgh Steelers have a top 10 defense. And I'm going to just say this right now. Um, if you told me after week two that the Steelers would have a top 20 defense, I'd be telling you you were a joke. I, I, I'd say you're joking. There's no possible way. They make a trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. And Minka Fitzpatrick became the only the only player in NFL history to have more than one interception against a team he played for in that very same season. And he did that yesterday against the Miami Dolphins. And when I saw him doing that, I thought, boy, he looks like I saw I watched the re replays. And I'm like, you know what? He looks like a true center fielder out there. And that's what you want in a safety. Right now, mm -hmm. he is playing at a an all-pro level, as far as I'm concerned, for not even having a full – not having any training camp with this team. Um, so I'm really excited about what he has done. I think he, he has come in and solidified the defense. But I do not think he is the MVP of the defense. Um, the next person I'm going to mention – is also not the MVP of the defense, but he was the most valuable man on the field last night on the defensive side of the ball, and it's Cam Hayward. Tony, yeah. what was your perception of what Cam Hayward did last night? Spelling, um, not spelling, but but uh, picking up the slack for what Stefan Tuitt left behind when he was injured. Oh, I, it, it's it's it's. What I expected. He's he's a, the leader of that. He's the leader of that defense. He's the captain. So, you know, when you have a player as talented as Tua go out for the year, you, you're gonna you're not surprised at all when a guy like that steps up. But he had he had a sack. I think he uh he had a he had a deflection. He had a pass defense. So I mean, he had a, a great game. And 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 uh, I think I, I saw on Twitter today. Um, he he mocked uh, Booger for saying last night. Oh, you know, he's not a big sack. I mean, well, he, he I think he's had double. Double did the sacks the last couple of years, so so um, you know he's just he's just a uh, a great veteran, and and I'm not surprised at all that he had the game he did last night. And I expect more of that from him moving forward because he he is a very good player. Obviously, he's not just he's not just a leader. He's he's a very talented Pro Bowl uh, defensive end. And here's another guy that we're going to talk to. I still have not gotten my defensive MVP. Um, Devin Bush had had a. Uh, a pedestrian game, but still had some nice tackles. Um, he did have that one missed tackle early on, but the rest of the game, he seemed very sol solid. Steven Nelson had a wonderful game last night. Um, he was very solid, and he has really helped solidify that defense as well because you're they're not getting picked on on either side of the ball. Now, I, you could one could go ahead and say that uh, Joe Hayden got picked on last night. Um, early on, he kind of did with Preston Williams, but the, it was not the entire game. And like I said, they did not give up anything after those first two touchdowns. I mean, not a single opportunity for the Dolphins to really, really uh, score. But um, they, they're still so much better than anything behind them. So I really like the way that uh, that 
that they're playing as well. That secondary is now a strength of the team. And when you look at their needs next year, you look at the possibility of uh, going to have to find another edge rusher because I don't think Bud Dupree, who is the next guy I'm going to talk about, not the MVP, but the next guy I, I'm going to talk about who I don't think he's going to be around next year because I think he is playing himself into a pretty good contract with another team because I think he's having a nice season. The first two weeks didn't look like it, but now it's looking like it. So what are your perceptions of Bud Dupree? Oh, I think he, he's he's living up to what they needed him to be this year. He's not going to he's not going to be your top pass rusher. I think we all know who that is. He's not going to be your top outside linebacker, but you need him to be the co- a compliment on the other end. You, you need him to take the pressure off of of a TJ Watt and he's done that and he's gotten better. He, he's gotten better against the run. He's got, he's taken better angles to the quarterback and, and, and yes, he's going to, you know, you know, the premium on these guys, at, at, you know, in the NFL. And, and if somebody looks like, like he's a, he can be a player they're going to, they're going to throw money at him. So yeah, he's probably, probably uh, playing himself into a nice contract for another team next year. Unfortunately. I love what Vince Williams is doing, especially late in that game. He really, uh, he had, he forced the interception. He was the guy, and I had to go back because what's driving me crazy when I watch ESPN or watch these announcers, these national announcers, they'll talk about the interception, but they did not give any credit to uh, Vince Williams at all. And I had so much trouble. If it wasn't for his bright pink shoes, I and I went back three times to figure out who he was, and I followed him from the very beginning. I watched him move over and go ahead and rush Patrick. He's one of the key reasons that that last interception was thrown. Mm-hmm. And he he really, uh, he has, since coming back, he has helped solidify it. But where would they be without TJ Watt? I know it's taken so long to say that. That's your defensive MVP. I kind of expect TJ Watt to uh, have it, not a Pro Bowl season, but an all-pro season. I think he is playing at that level right now, and I really love what he's doing. Um, is this a, a once-in-a-millennium player on defense for the Steelers? Maybe not millennium, but is this a decade player? Absolutely. I mean, he's... he's uh... You know, he's taking you back to what they used to have at outside linebacker, and they were missing for many years after James Harrison's heyday, and and Lamar Willie got hurt. You know, he's that guy again. He's the guy that you know they used to say, "Oh, he only did that against the Browns." Well, maybe maybe he got the bulk of his sacks against them the first two years, but have you noticed they haven't played the Browns yet this year? And he's already on his way to double-digit sacks. So you know, he's just relentless every play, play after play, and and, and it's not just getting after the quarterback; it's playing the run. It's 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 pursuing. Uh, uh, pass catchers. So, I mean, the, the guy is going to be, if not a uh, defensive player of the year, he's definitely going to be a, a, a first team all pro for many years to come. You know, I have no doubt in my mind. Okay. Let, let's uh, look in the crystal ball here and let's make a, I'm going to call this my Vinny Vega from Pulp Fiction. My, that's a bold statement. And here's my bold statement for the day. When it's all said and done, a barring injury, well, let's throw that in there, but barring injury, T.J. Watt will be the all-time leading sacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Not just when it's all said and done, but I'm talking in, let's say, six years. Whew. Uh, I'll say, I'll say, that's that's a that's a very big, (laughs) big and bold bold statement. So, uh, but I'll agree with you. We're, We're 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 partners. I'll say yes. 
Well, you know what? So this is I'm I'm a math guy. I I like to I like to play around with my math, and I'm looking at it this way. Um, I believe it's eighty point five is the record um, from uh, Debo. Um, so James Harrison has eighty point five, if I'm not mistaken. Um, his first season, he he had eight, I believe, or seven and a half or eight for TJ Watt. His second season, he had 12 and a half. So coming into the season, he is 20. Um, if he averages 10 for the next six years, he's basically he's beating that record um, in eight seasons as a uh, Pittsburgh Steeler or in the NFL. So I really think that uh, he's going to be the guy that does it. And we know Debo, James Harrison, has that record. Um, Ali Howard just said if he's not made of paper mache like J.J. Watt, like his brother JJ and it's a shame all the injuries JJ Watt has because really if you ask me who my favorite player and this was before TJ Watt Trenton Jordan Watt by the way was uh, a Pittsburgh Steeler you asked me who my favorite player that was not in black and gold in the league was it was always JJ Watt I just love what this guy does um and when he went down I was like no could somebody let this guy I mean could the heavens just allow this guy to stay healthy, especially what they're building down there in Houston? Um, I felt really bad for him, but I, I think he's just a quality person, a fantastic player. So um, <laughs> 4TL Music Group, I'm going to bring this one up. I, I love this quote. Hey, we might be able to get JJ down the road if he keeps getting injured. <laughs> <laughs> Could you see what on one side and what on the other side? A little 90 and 99 action. Yeah. Oh, wow. That would be absolutely incredible. Um, but if he keeps getting injured, how long do you have him? So, right. There's, and what kind of quality uh, would you have when he's here? <laughs> exactly. But hey, hey, we could dream about that for TL. I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, Steve O'Neill says, uh, <laughs> more like cardboard mache, <laughs> which I've never heard that. Well, makes sense. You guys entertain me. Uh, I, I I love that. Hey, I, when he when it's not easy staying healthy in the NFL. And when he was at his best, I mean, we're talking early seventies Joe Green level. I mean, that's where he was, at, you know, in 2012, 2013, 2014. So hey, you know, he's had a great career already. How many times has he been the Defensive Player of the Year? Twice. So I mean, he's um, he's already he's already ha having a Hall of Fame career. So if, if if nothing else comes of his career, you know, I think he could go home happy. But you know what? I will say this too, Tony. Um, the most clever, uh, the most clever uh, part of this show is our live chat. I love listening to this stuff, especially with Steve O'Neill saying that we need to sign Snoop Dogg to be the special yeah. team coach. Um, th that could get me in a forty-minute discussion. So I, we don't have enough time on that show for that. That would be amazing. <laughs> but so uh, I do want to open it up to, to you and and. Uh, and always say, and have you tell me this right now. So when it's all said and done, who has the better NFL legacy as far as on field? Is it TJ or is it his brother JJ? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
got your happy price, price line. I think JJ's career that he's had already is going to be pretty tough to beat. I think he's he's had a, a one of the all-time great careers. So I, I, right now I'm going to go with JJ. But but I hope TJ proves me wrong. I would be pleasantly uh, surprised and 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 very happy if he does. Is this one of the best um, brother duos? And I know there's Derek in Los Angeles as well. But when we're looking at uh, two guys that play the same position, is this one of the best brother duos in uh, all of the NFL? I, absolutely. I mean, I, I can't think of, of many that are better right now. I mean, I, I'm just trying to rack my brain, trying to figure out who's better. So, I mean, they're definitely, they're definitely the best right now, I'd say. I'll give you the Matthews. Um, the Clay Matthews and Bruce Matthews way back in the uh, 80s and 90s. Um, I'm sure I'm missing missing yeah a, a few guys. That's what I mean. Um, it's, hard, it's hard to compare. But, because it, yeah, but I I really think that uh, I I really think that these guys could go down as really good. And uh, yes, I am that guy, Steve, who always says that he's that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm not afraid to say that either. Um, so you know what? As Let's continue on with the, the defense, Tony. So, really, they had a fantastic game. Gave up 14 points. But do they really give up 14 points? They, well, uh, I... Because you look at it, Tony. I mean, they were almost in, in the uh, red zone just like that. Yeah. And, and one of the reasons being is you throw a pick on your very first play, like the Steelers did. There's not much turning up turning back from that well i mean yeah they're 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 very talented and and they're going places you can tell as a defense i mean there's no question about it you you mentioned they're a top 10 defense but but they're still pretty young and and you know we're not talking about the 08 Steelers, you know just yet they're not there yet where you where you just assume that you know you just expect them to hold them to a field goal there you know so you know mentally they have to they mature and 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 get better in that regard and, and 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 start limiting teams to field goals but but yeah, I mean, it was a great game. I mean, they were put in a compromised position right away. Boom! The offense wasn't doing anything in the first quarter, so they gave up two quick touchdowns. And and but they held they held uh, Miami scoreless the rest of the way, and they closed the game out. Something that we were critical of for for many weeks that their inability to, to to shut teams down in the fourth quarter. They didn't just shut them down in the fourth quarter. They shut them out. They 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 took the ball away from Miami. They 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 stopped Fitzpatrick on a on a that fourth and one. And we have to give credit to Mike Tomlin for, for having the presence of mind to challenge that play and, 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 and turn the game around for the Steelers there. So yeah, I, I, I think that it had maybe its greatest game of the year last night. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. I almost forgot that Tony. And so I'm going to bring this up because you said that real quick. Can you guys admit that maybe one of Tomlin's best coaching seasons of his career and Hey, I'm not a Tomlin fan. By saying that, but before we answer that, Mike Tomlin, for the first time since the beginning of the 2017 season, won a challenge. It was a smart challenge, I thought, and it looked—he looked so angry. I thought at one point that he still didn't like the spot, and right. he was still pretty upset about that. Um, you know, I—I I thought that was uh, that was one of those that that was uh, easily overturned. Um, but then you're thinking, ah, maybe they're just not going to let them do it. Maybe it's, but they went and overturned and that was a huge point in that game. Well, but I know everybody, 
everybody at home was was thinking at that point. They're thinking, you know what? Um, they're going to lose this one too, just because they're not going to allow them to have it. And then here they went ahead and uh, they overturned it. And I could I kept watching the uh, the official uh, looking into the camera, and he took a lot more than sixty seconds, by the way, ten minutes. And, <laughs> yeah, he took forever, and I'm watching him. I'm like, yeah, I think he's trying to change this. Um, when I say trying to change it, he's really looking at it because uh, he's trying to get this right. But he's going to change this. And when they did it, I, I mean, that place. I'd have to talk to Dave Schofield about this because he was at the game last night, and I'd love to know what the uh, the eruption was like. When when they went ahead and overturned that call, and we finally got one of them right, and you've got to remember that you don't really get credit for anything that's overturned with two minutes left, because that's you don't throw the challenge flag on that. So right. that kind of stuff has happened for them before. They've had stuff overturned. Um, one more thing about um, challenging calls, and I know I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent, but Right now, I'm looking at any pass interference call as why bother? Because yeah. I I almost feel like whether it should be overturned or not, they're they're using that little loophole as well. It's going to be clear and perfect um, to go ahead and overturn it just to protect their integrity. As you know, uh, we can't overturn it because we can't keep on overturning everything we do. Um. So uh, yes they did rip Deontay Johnson off of a great catch. And really there was no way that they should have overturned that play, but you just knew they weren't going to do it because they don't want to, you know, they, they bring these rules out, but they don't want to keep on saying that they're wrong. They don't want to get replaced by sky judge. They, I mean, we saw what happened in the NFC championship game um, with the saints getting ripped off. I, I think the Saints. we all got ripped off because I think the saints would have won the super bowl last year. Um, right. So, you know, I, I'm just wondering is, is that role even worth even having at this point? No. I mean, if you're not going to overturn, you know, they, they want it to be for egregious. And I agree that not every little thing needs to be dissected in the NFL via replay. But the, the, the whole point of replay is to overturn egregious mistakes. And you can't look at, at that uh, call against Deontay Johnson 10 times and find one angle where it looked like offensive pass interference. So if you're not going to overturn it there, if, if you're not going to overturn it on any call because, you, like you said, you want to protect the integrity of the officials, why even have it? I think the, the, the NFL realizes now that it made a mistake. It placated to the, to the, to the saints and their fans who sued them the lawsuit over, over what happened in the NFC championship game. They overreacted, they overcorrected on a mistake in one of the most important games of the year. And now we see what, a, how big of a joke it is because it, I thought it was, I thought it was a good idea on paper, but now on application, it's clearly not a good idea. And I hope hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> By the end of the after this year's over, they get rid of it, and hopefully it doesn't come back to bite them, and they don't just suddenly overturn an, an egregious or or, or a, a wishy-washy call in the postseason. Because I think that would be a miscarriage of justice for the NFL and wh whatever team gets screwed out of that in, in that case. 
Yeah, I I definitely hear you because we were on a show together after the uh, New Orleans game calling for this. Yeah. If it's done right, it could be done right. And the one time that the officials go ahead and overturn something, and when they went ahead and did it earlier on in the season against the Steelers, the Steelers got screwed on one I, I never thought that they would overturn. That was ridiculous. I, mean, I never thought. And they lost a game because of that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, they, uh, they lost that Seattle game. It would be a much different season. If that didn't happen, um, for TL Music Group asked Pad, what do you think about Arian speaking up and not taking the high road um, about saying that uh, the referees are not held accountable? Tony, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, they're not. I mean, you, you see, you see these kind of mistakes week in and week out. These people aren't losing their jobs. I mean, they're, they're still they're, they, they, they maybe every now and then they get they get. Uh, uh, demoted to a, 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 a different, um, like a lower position, like an umpire instead of a referee, but they're not losing their jobs. They're not, they're not getting fined like the, like the, the, the coaches and players are for speaking out. So no, they're not being held accountable. I, I was happy he said what he said because it's ridiculous. I mean, you, you see that the Green Bay um, uh, Lions game a couple weeks ago. I mean, the whole fourth quarter, uh, the, the referee, the, the officials handed the game to the Packers. And I didn't care who won that game, but it was pretty obvious that there's a, the best example of the officials taking over a game and handing it to one team. So they're not being held accountable at all. You know, there you go. Uh, Tony and Bruce Arians will be, uh, they will be uh, touring together um, sometime very soon. Um, who knows? I mean, we'll get me maybe, started. should we get Bruce Arians to just join us on the show every week? How fun would that be? Oh my God. I would love it. I, he, he he's a, he's a great guy. I mean, we, we never they never people don't like him when he was the offensive coordinator, but they don't like any offensive coordinator. But as far as personalities go, he was a great guy. So yeah, bring him on. <laughs> so let's go ahead and open it up um, as we finish up with the defense. I mean, I really think at this point, Tony, that this defense is going to continue to be a strength of the team. I do not expect this. Um, uh, I didn't expect this to happen this fast. I don't expect them to. Uh, just fall back into the abyss. I think something has changed. Um, here's the thing. You're stuck with Keith Butler. But here's the thing. If Keith Butler is, is uh, lording over a defense that is doing this, then welcome Keith Butler. That's all we want. Um, it, so I have Jim no Leland always said, Jim Leland always said, you know, you, you look much smarter when you have great players. So, I mean... <laughs> Look at, I mean, you give him a few, a few key pieces and all of a sudden this defense is, is something special. So, you know, you got to give the guy credit for, uh, for what's going on too. You have to give him some credit. Answer Alex Flores's question, Tony, is the defense our identity right now? Absolutely. It is. It's, it's the better players are on that side of the ball. The better athletes are on, on, on the defensive side of the ball and, and they're taking over games now. They're, they're opportunistic. They're, they're, they're creating. Uh, 14 points were, were, were created off of turnovers last night by, by, by the defense. So, yeah, I mean, this is, this is, uh, yeah, what are they like second, I think, and, and, and takeaways or fourth and sacks, you know, and you mentioned how good, you know, how, what are in the top 10 or whatever and, 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 and points allowed. So yeah, this is a defensive team. Now there's no Ben, there's no Antonio Brown. There's no Le'Veon Bell. This is a defensive team. But what about what Steve O'Neill says? No running back lineman. He's saying that, um, I think he's saying that the identity is the fact that, uh, okay, maybe I read that wrong. I think he was saying that, uh, no, the running back and the lineman position is the identity. Maybe he's, 
agreeing with you that the reason the defense is is because they don't have a running back in alignment. So uh, maybe I jumped too soon on that, but I maybe he could go ahead and clarify that. But yeah, the defense exactly. The, uh, they may be uh, influence games with flags. Um, so I'm yeah. reading a little too much into that. So um, if we do have any other questions. Um, Sin City Bargain says right now, Minka with two interceptions, you know, I'm kind of thinking that uh, I'm still giving credit to TJ Watt right now as the defensive MVP, but the man who turned the Steelers defense around, I mean, we can say stuff about Terrell Austin. We could say that, uh, um, we can say that, but TJ Watt is still the identity but the man who helped turn the season around for the Pittsburgh Steelers was what was two, Kevin Colbert and Minka Fitzpatrick. And you could talk, we're going to be, everybody's going to be complaining when uh, we have nothing to talk about in March and April on who's going to be the, the Steeler number one pick. But I don't care because Minka Fitzpatrick, he's set in stone right now. He yeah. is, uh, we would have spent, if you know you're going to get something like this, you're going to spend a very high pick on what you're getting. He's leading the team in interceptions. He's the most interceptions out of anybody um, in a single season in the Steelers in the last few years. Uh, so what I'm saying is I, I still love this trade, and I'm going to continue to love this trade. Um, I think he's the guy who turned it around. You saw the defense start turning around against San Francisco. But the very next week, when you have the number one offense roll into town in the Baltimore Ravens, and you're stopping the run, and they're not passing on you, even though uh, they started to pass a little early, but as they got it together, you're watching these players on the other team that shredded you last year, like Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen destroyed you last year. They they weren't destroying you last year, this year, because this guy helped turn it around. So this defense is really coming together. I'm loving it. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's get a few more questions in there. Um, here, here's one. The Ravens, it's not a question, but the Joker, um, which, wow, he's seriously, that seriously could be the Joker. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, he just said, look, the Ravens about to get stomped. Um, what are your thoughts about this game? Because I live in the state of Maryland, and the Patriots are, uh, are are coming to Maryland, and the Ravens sometimes have their number. Do you think the Ravens really have a chance in this game, or do you think the Patriots are just on one of those seventeen and zero runs? Oh, I'm 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 excited about this game because number one, I want to see the Ravens lose because it, it, it's going to help the Steelers. But number two, I want to see if if the genius Bill Belichick can devise a game plan to 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 stop Lamar Jackson, you know, and contain him as a runner. And if, and if he can do that, maybe it could be a blueprint for other teams to follow. But I, I do, I do think because it's going to be in Baltimore. I do. And, and because as you said, the Ravens have a history of, of uh, being a thorn in the side of the Patriots. I do look for it to be a close game. I think it's going to be a close game come down, down to the last quarter. And, but, but I, I look for the Patriots to pull it out. And, and, and obviously what the Steelers do on Sunday afternoon will, will determine how, how crazy I go when, when, the, when the Patriots do pull this game out, which I expect them to do at the end. Is that, that's a 425 game. Is that correct? I think, I think it's Sunday night. Oh, is, is that a Sunday? I didn't realize that was a Sunday night game. I believe um, so. Wow. I tell you what, I, that I can't wait to watch it. Who are you rooting for Tony? 
Oh, the Patriots, without a doubt. The Patriots. Good Brady. Go time go touchdown, Tommy. Belichick is the greatest of all time. Belichick is a, is a genius. And if anybody <laughs> can 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 devise, devise a game plan to, to beat Lamar Jackson, it's 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 my man Bill Belichick. How dirty do you feel right now? <laughs> well, get get back to me Sunday night. If they lose, yeah, I'll feel really dirty. I'll I'll throw myself in the tub for two hours. Gosh, I I feel dirty right now just saying that. But yeah, I <laughs> I am definitely rooting for the New England Patriots. I don't think anybody here is going to root for the Ravens because uh, just because circumstances. You can't um, you can't root for them. You'd be crazy to. So, all right. So this is not a question, but so now this is this is starting to heat up here. So I'm going to bring this up, and. Uh, Oop, <laughs> that's not what I was trying to dirty like Robert Kraft. That's not what I was uh, trying to bring up. <laughs> um, 4TL Music Group says, Bet Jackson gets hurt. And I've, uh, look, it's a, it's a possibility with a player like that. Well, um, but then somebody else went and threw in the fact that, yo, gosh, if, and look, then getting bent with Bo, put in if Jackson gets hurt, the division could very well be ours. And I I agree with everything there. I he could get hurt. Um, that would be that would be something huge. And uh, then they're then they're also putting in that they're not wishing. And and uh, that's the thing. I don't want to see a player get hurt. I want to see a player get beat. And I know you guys aren't wishing for that, but. Uh, that is a that is a possibility. I would not be surprised if uh, we see that happening. Now, Cody Shot, this is a great quote. You gotta catch Lamar to be able to hit, hit him. Well, you gotta would, catch Lamar to hurt him. Well, you know I, mean? I wanted to say something. Uh, I, I wrote something about this over the weekend. If you I don't know if you noticed, you watch you watch Jackson. What he likes to do a lot is is f- like fake. Like he's going out of bounds and then cut it back inside. And to me, that's unfair for the defense. I mean, not that they can do anything about it, but one of these days, somebody's going to say, oh, you're, you're faking inside. You're not going out of bounds. And they're going to blast him. So he's 212 pounds. Eventually, somebody's going to take a shot at him. And, and you know, he's got he's to become a better passer, I think. And he, he, can't, he can't sustain his career as, as just a runner. It's just not going to happen. Okay, once again, um, before we get into that, here's a good question. And I, uh, William uh, Conrad says, if Lamar gets hurt, who is the backup? I think it's, uh, I think it's uh, Trace McSorley. I, uh, no. I'm thinking that he is the backup uh, kid from Penn State, who I, who I actually like a lot. Um, but here's the thing: if any team is going to hurt him, and this has nothing to do with being dirty, but what you said just struck a chord with me. You know, he's faking. You know. If anybody's going to sniff out that fake and make him pay for it, it's going to be the New England Patriots because they coach, they study, they do stuff that everybody tries to do, but they seem to figure that out. And so, Tony, I think that you could be a Patriot staffer at this point because that is a really good, that's a really good comment. Oh, that, he, he it drove me crazy during the during that game. You know, the the the, the game that, that that Mason got hurt. You know, I was like, man, I can't believe. You know what are these guys supposed to do? They can't hit them low. They can't hit them high. You know, and, and they're they're being trained now to 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 ease up when they, when these guys are, are giving themselves up, like when they're sliding feet first or when they're going out of bounds. And now you're expecting them to ease up 
and 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 let the guy fake inside to me that's not fair so somebody's gonna take a shot at him i i they're, they're not gonna let up at, near the sideline and they're gonna they're gonna make him pay for that very very well said um we did have a uh a two dollar super chat question that i did lose and i was going back and looking for it but we have had uh so much love from the uh chat line so i did find it was snowman what player has surprised you this year so tony let me ask you that um we've already talked about deontay johnson that could be your answer um as being a big surprise but uh who has surprised you the most with the way he, way he has played for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year? Uh, uh, to me, to me, that's easy. I mean, I, I like what Johnson's done. I really am pleasantly surprised by him. But I think the guy that's really surprised me the most is Stephen Nelson. I mean, he's come out, he's come here as a free agent, and people were questioning. You know, he he was people picked on him last year. They said he, I think he he had the most most passes against or something like that. And he's come in here and he's been like a, a total rock opposite of, of of joe hayden you know he's been what joe hayden's needed him to be as the opposite cornerback and, and he and look at that that play he that fumble he caused last night that was that was great awareness by him to to, to, to get to that ball and, and force that fumble so i mean steven nelson without a doubt has been the most pleasant surprise for me this year so um, on the live chat, we've had some answers like Dupree. Um, you, you took Dante Harris's answer, uh, Tony. So you stole his thunder there. Um, you know, here's here's something I'm going to say. Um, I'm actually it's going to be a tie. Um, Cam Sutton and Mike Hilton. Um, I think those guys have really you know come Good off answers. great this year. So. Um, I'm going to go with both of them. I haven't seen, I, we've seen a few Suttons on there, but I have not, uh, I have not seen anything about Hilton. I saw another one that I really like, and I'm going to give Reginald Rivers credit for this. Um, it's Edmonds since Fitzpatrick became a Steeler. And wow, Edmonds has played lights out since that's happened. Um, so you know what I mean? The you could we could even do a cop out and say that the uh, the whole defense is surprised. Um, that's, that's true. We're <laughs> coming together, but I, I just I'm re-energized. I'm loving what I'm seeing here. So uh, Tony, with that being said, we have we have run over in time, and that's okay because we've we've had some uh, some great stuff here. Um, and we're going to cut it off with one more question. Let's go ahead and, and bring this question up here. Uh, our last question of the night. Any concerns with how Hayden was getting picked on against the rookie from Miami? Eh. No, not really. Maybe a little bit, but not really. Um, they got it together. Yeah, they, they, they adjusted. So, And you know concern. what? Something about him is uh, he also does a whole lot more um, – he does a whole lot better, actually, against that larger receiver, like a Julio Jones, like a guy like that. So, um, you know, I was uh, I was thinking that, you know, really not too much of a problem there. Um, so one last thing, uh, Reginald Rivers says, uh, bad also, uh, Terrell Austin. Yeah, he's he's coming in and done well. Um, you could you could just say that Butler has been a surprise this year as well. So, with with that being said, Tony, do you have any last thoughts? Yeah, I just want to. My actually, 
he reminded me of a good point about Terrell Austin. You know, people were talking about Tomlin needing a, a guy, a, a, some eyes in the booth to, to, to remind him when to challenge and when not to challenge. And maybe last night was the best example of that. I mean, I'm not sure. I don't know what went down there, but maybe Austin got in Tomlin's ear and said, hey, look, challenge the uh, spot on, on the Fitzpatrick uh, keeper. And, and, and maybe that was the difference. Those few inches were, were the difference in, in the game. So, you know, kudos to Terrell Austin if he did, if he was the, the, the eye in the sky that Tomlin needed. Yeah, I, I think he really has been. Um, so with that being said, thank you so much. Um, you know, this is the hangover, so we've got to go ahead and call it uh, closing time. So closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, I guess. Uh, Kathy says thanks again. $2 from Kathy. Really you, appreciate Kathy. it. Um, but you know what? So we do have the super chat and we do appreciate the $2. But once again, the greatest way that you could go ahead and support any of our podcasts from behind the still curtain is simply subscribing. So go ahead to, uh, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, keep us going. Let's get to 5,000 and let's get to beyond. But once again, I say this every week and I'm not going to stop saying this because we can't do this show. Tony and I, we've done this show without you. If you got to understand, the last couple years, Tony and I have done the high Hangover or the or the post game show, and we've done it right after the game. We did the Hangover last year again, and what's happened is we were doing it on Blog Talk Radio, and there were times that we had nobody calling in whatsoever, and we had the ones that that we could count on. We had Vito, we had Ken from Jersey, uh, we had Nick from Marietta, we had uh, Bryce from Brooklyn. We had, but only a few. We could count on one hand who were our callers were. Um, Melvin. Um, yeah, Melvin. Melvin from Dallas. We we had these guys that we could count on. Now we look here, and every week we've got over 100 watching us live. And they're a part of our family here. And I keep on saying that family thing because we have a support group. And we have so many people that are coming in and supporting the show, and that's why we do it. And I get so excited, too, when I see everybody coming in here and just being a part, being a part of the show. Um, somebody made a joke earlier. I think it was Steve that made a joke that I should be a part of the show. You are a part of the show. You all are such a huge part of the show. Absolutely. I'm seeing right here, uh, 4TL just told me he's in Maryland, too. Message me. Let's find out where you're from. Something exciting happening, coming up soon. We're trying to get this together. Tony's in. Dave Schofield's in. Um, we're going to try to get together for a game. We don't know how. We don't know what. We do know the game. It's going to be the Buffalo game. I believe that's December 15th, if I'm not mistaken. So, guys, ladies, if you're going to that game you want to get together before the game let's get together we're going to have a btsc live show right there and we'll whether it's a tailgate whether it's a get together we're going to have a, a little mini party before the steelers take on the bills in december and we want you all to be a part of it so let's get that together we'll figure it out together but we're if you have a tailgate site let us know we might, we might just crash your tailgate. We're going to do something, but we're going to get together. But once again, this is the only reason I do it right here. And as I'm pointing to the screen, the live chat, because I love 
what you have to say just as well and supporting what we have to say. So thank you so much. I love being a part of Steeler Nation, and this is why we do it. So with that being, <laughs> invite the Steeler Twins. I, <laughs> I, I don't know who they are yet, but <laughs> we'll figure that out. And you know what? Beer's on bad. Well, I mean, it might be cold, so if you pour beers on me, but oh, okay. As long as I don't have to pay for them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good one, good one. But so, you know, for our folks in Maryland, maybe we could do a Maryland get-together too. Um, we would love to do something like that. So with that being said, let's figure this out. Let's continue getting our community together. And I love it. So for Steeler Nation, BTSC Nation, I love you. Tony, you're my man. Everybody else, thank you so much. Remember, hit subscribe. Check us out all week long. It's just not this. It's all of us. You guys got me fired up. I'm feeling awesome. <laughs> and I have one last thing to say to all of you. My friends, wherever you are, you just got hungover. Good night. <laughs>